This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, E. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. What's up there, Wackerly? Nothing. Uh, how's it going in the Tenderloin? Ah, not so great. Tender Dude, living? I, I barely got any sleep last night. I'm exhausted. I was exhausted all day today at work. I swear, I swear to God, I like living here. It's exciting. It's interesting. There's no shortage of crackheads, but I must admit, it's a difficult place to live. There's a time and place for crackheads, and yep. when you're trying to sleep is not one of those times. They're fun to laugh at. They're fun to watch, like, you know defecating on the sidewalk just but, general crackhead capering is but good. when you're trying to sleep and you can hear them outside caterwauling all night i mean this last night it must have been like two in the morning i was even kind of drunk and i was still woken up by this guy just screeching one of those uh B- uh, billy ocean song you know that song caribbean queen do i <laughs> dude the guy didn't know the lyrics he didn't sound like billy ocean and come to think you of never it, know it <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it might have been Billy Ocean. It actually might have been Billy Ocean now that I think about it. But all night, all I heard was, Caribbean Queen, yes, yo, man, Caribbean. Like, I'm just Those like, are the words, aren't they? <laughs> dude, all night. And he just kept saying it. Like, then he would, you could hear him start talking to somebody, and then he'd be like, Caribbean Queen, oh, motherfucker. And I was just like, what? What? Stop. That's and the so, remix. <laughs> I mean, but this guy was howling at the top of his lungs. And it's like, after about 45 minutes, I just went out to the window and I was just like, shut the fuck up. And then I, the guy stopped for a second. Then I heard, you talking to me, motherfucker? (laughs) Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say, how'd that work out for you? He can't see me because there's like, you know, a a garage obstructing his view. But it's like, he he was just like, you ain't talking to me. He probably, you ain't talking to me. He probably thought you were a Jesus. Yeah, I, I don't know. And then he just started up again. So all night just singing Caribbean Queens. And needless to say, I'm a little tired today. You should have just asked him to change it up and sing something more melodic and lullaby-ish. You should have requested some Elvis or something. Yeah. Or, or some No Doubt. <laughs> yeah, that would have been nice. You just could have passed right out to the beautiful melodies. So here we are with uh, episode 68, and uh, Wackerly came across a very interesting topic of a uh, conversation we're going to have to start the show with. Um, you ran across a documentary, and uh, we're going to play the trailer of this documentary. And to the true sick and wrong fans out there, I want to see, just by listening to the audio of this trailer... If you can determine what topic this is about, what topic that we've covered here on Sick and Wrong, this trailer is about. So let's, should we just roll the trailer? Yeah, you left me nothing to say there. You just stole, you stole my intro. Thanks a lot. Oh, you're going to say that? Not anymore. Well, you can go ahead. I mean, you came up with it. This is your topic. And I mean to steal your thunder here. Oh, that's fine. All right. But I'll just say, because you're going to hear the audio and uh, I should point out that there's some text that scrolls across the screen at the beginning of the trailer, and uh, that text says, this might give the listeners a hint, it says, he was a man like any other, and uh, I'll leave it to the listeners to determine whether that is a true statement or not. All right, so here it is, the um, trailer for this documentary. It was a great escape. There is kind of a spiritual feeling because you're connecting with another intelligent being. 
Your friend didn't make it. He was not supposed to be dead. Stop right where you're at. You're being arrested for homicide. People who have sex with animals should face felony convictions. What's the guy thinking? Screwing a horse. We're going to find out. <laughs> well, nobody finds out if you live. These animals don't have the cognitive ability to consent. But how do they know the horse didn't consent? The owner died and the horse was left to fend for itself. You don't know who else out there thinks how you think or feels how you feel. I just said, take me to the horse. Stallions can be very dangerous. We personally, I don't need a whole lot of human contact, rather just be with our animals. We didn't know what his interaction had been with humans. Was he going to try to mount me? Someone actually stood there and gave me some attention. There was a kind of a rope thing with a small noose, and he said this is where he would work the horse, and I thought, well, what do you mean? It's a very intense, wonderful kind of feeling. And it was just so not real. I don't think anything really can kind of compare to it. So did you guess what it was about? Well, you know, but I wonder if the listeners guessed. I don't know, man, but I'm still laughing about it. because You'd have to be a pretty hardcore listener because this, we talked about this in podcast number four. It was a long time ago, and I'm sure a lot of people would have figured it out. It's about Mr. Hands. It's a documentary called Zoo, and it's about Mr. Hands, who, um, Wackley, why don't you just tell him who that guy is? Uh, Mr. Hands, I'm not going to pretty it up, was uh, the horse that fucked the guy to death. A, you know, big stallion uh, drove his big stallion cock into this guy and just tore his guts apart. Apparently the guy lived, I seem to remember, f- you know, for a while. For uh, a little while, but I think like he died. Four hours, but yeah. his, his friends, his, his horse fucking friends, uh, took him to the emergency room where his he died. buddies. Yeah. And, this and I think you in, hear his friends talking in that trailer, probably. Yeah, this happened in Seattle, like in 2005. But I, I just remember coming across a story because these guys were being tried for murder. I think his uh, his cohorts. And I don't even know what ever happened with that. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. But uh, this documentary, it goes into the story of this guy's life. His name's Kenneth Pinion. And, uh, yeah, they talk about the whole group, this zoophile group of people that like to have sex with barnyard animals. Well, you got some reviews there that you uh, yeah, that came perused across. over, right? Are I'm there definitely going to. Are there I'm, any good comments in the – because – I feel like kind of we're being robbed here. You know, we did this a long time ago, and now now there's this artistic documentary out. I mean, did you hear the music in that fucking trailer? It's ridiculous. Well, that's that's my favorite part of the trailer is that elegant music that if just makes ta- it be some, like, special lyrical piece. If you're talking about a man getting fucked to death by a horse, there's three types of music that you can be playing in the background. One, sticks. Two, Weird Al Yankovic. And three, Ronnie James Dio. That's it. <laughs> Maybe the theme song to Mr. Ed. But, yeah. Yeah, that's about it. I mean, that's what he should have been playing the whole time. <laughs> a horse is a horse. Of course, of course. Of course. Of course. So uh, I love how that guy, the uh, whoever's I, – I, I assume it's one of the uh, zoophile group um, – was talking about how it's a great escape, connecting with an intelligent being. What does he mean by connecting? Well, I think it's pretty obvious. <laughs> Sticking his dick in a horse's ass? Yeah. Have you or ever, vice versa? <laughs> have you ever sharpened a pencil or a you know, Chinese finger trap? <laughs> who, 
who's the uh, commentator that says people who have sex with animals should face felony uh, convictions? I don't know. It sounds like Rush Limbaugh. I mean, it could I, I, be. It could be. But what, what do you think? My, of... my hero. One of the one of the quotes is from my hero Tom Likas, the dude with a really high voice towards the beginning. Mm. But uh, he makes a joke about it, which is why I'm a fan. What does he say? What, what, what do you say again? Is something about like if you live, then uh, then it's not a crime. Something about uh, you know people. You, you should have sex with a horse and tell other people what it was like, but only if you live. <laughs> something but like that. What do you think about that though? Do you think people who have sex with these animals should face felony convictions? Um, I think it's a complicated issue. <laughs> <laughs> it's a multi-tiered issue. I think it depends whether you're pi- whether the animal is pitching or catching. That's my theory. See, now, I don't get that, dude. It's still an animal. It's an animal that is not – it doesn't have the cognitive function of a human being to understand sexuality. I mean, it can understand sex, the act of sex, but it doesn't understand that you're not supposed to be having sex with humans. The other animals aren't gonna species. The other animals aren't gonna call it a slut. It's not gonna be <laughs> scarred later in life and not be able to have sex with other female horses. Haven't you ever seen Animal Farm? Or haven't you ever read that book? I'm sure the pigs would just be like, "Okay, horse, you're a freak. Get out of the barn." I saw Animal House. Does that count? <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of the same, along the same lines. (laughs) Well, yeah, but I think that if the horse is fucking you, the horse is enjoying it, his penis is hard, (laughs) that's fine, you know? But I think if you just, you know, walk up behind a sheep and you just stick your wang in its ass, or vagina, as the case may be, I don't think that's very cool. Well, let's say you're... I think you should be convicted. Let's say you're a woman who rubbed a bunch of peanut butter on her vagina and you let her dog lick it off. Now, what is that? Is I think it's crunch? pretty cool. <laughs> that's what I think it is. <laughs> so you'd be, <laughs> so you don't think that's that's you know a least bit deviant? No, I mean that's just that's not very far from just petting your pet, right? <laughs> although, so, although as we've learned in the podcast before, don't do that with a cat because it can claw your labia off. Oh yeah, we did talk about that. But so what you're saying though, if, if there's a difference about, between pitching and catching, if you're actually being the person who's fucking the animal, then you should be trying for a felony. Right, and you, you the thing you're bringing up is a third thing entirely. I mean, that's like a tertiary sexual act. We're talking about yeah. genital to genital contact either way, and I'm even making a further difference differentiation. It, that if the animal is pitching, it's it's you, not fine. I mean, you're still a freak, but I don't think you should go to jail for that. But if if you're if the animal's catching, then uh, then I think you then should be you're convicted. raping the animal if you're fucking it. Right. So if you're having yeah. sex with the animal, you're raping it. But if the animal's having sex with you, then the animal's enjoying it. I think we're we are too loose with the definition of the word fuck anymore, because. So, you fuck somebody and somebody gets fucked. You're not – both people aren't fucking each other. Yeah, but I'm thinking about the I, issue I, I, The issue I, of consent here. I fuck here. my girlfriend she, and she's getting fucked. She's not fucking me. Yeah, but she's consenting to having sex with you. Right. If she, did, if she was like, let's say, I don't know, had the mental capacity of a six-year-old and uh, you're – raping her because she didn't even understand what sex is. But she's catching. So this goes along <laughs> with my point. I, what I'm saying, and this is going to go okay, to... So, this goes into a different area. I have a very hard time believing that women are out there raping men. Because if I'm hard and we're fucking, you're not raping me. So what you're I'm, saying... I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the driver's seat there. So the fact that these guys probably spent a good 20 minutes jerking off this horse means that the horse is enjoying it. It's just another hole for the horse. Yes. Another way to ejaculate. Yes. So that is not considered taking advantage of an animal. You don't consider that. No. 
I don't know, man. I, I, I think I think you have too much empathy for the zoo files. I think they're freaks. No, no, and I no. Think, I, I think seriously think they should I be think, in prison. I think they're freaks. I just only think they should be in prison if they're fucking the animal. Okay, so if they're actually fucking the animal, if Pen- the animal's they're fucking penetrating them, the animal. I don't know, man. I was kind of like when when I heard that this this guy was uh, fucked to death by this horse, I was just like, yeah, you go, horse. I mean, this horse. You know, I, I was just thinking. I was like, you know, I I seriously sympathize with a horse. Because the horse doesn't know what's going on. The horse is just like, all right, sweet. I guess you aroused me. I'm ready to have sex. <laughs> yeah, but that's assuming that the horse ever knows what's going on. It, it doesn't. It's a freaking dumb horse. It doesn't ever know what's going on very much at all. I disagree. I still think they're both deviant acts. I'd like to make one caveat, though. If you're a woman and you're getting fucked by the horse and you have some... Well, she's mutant... catching then. Yes, but if you have some... This is my caveat. I think you should go to prison if you have some, like, mutant, deformed fucking to- teeth on the outside of its eye. <laughs> baby and you and it, and you bring that into the world i think that person should also go to prison all right well maybe <laughs> maybe we'll get some audience interaction on this one but maybe, anyway, but, uh, but the do you, do you have some more reviews yeah to well, read? well no what i was saying about the trailer here that that one part where they mentioned that rope thing that's so we're gonna have to post the trailer on the uh, website right which will or at least link to it but in the trailer they show that hanging rope and it said that the guy used to use the rope to work the horse. What does he mean by that? I don't know, but that leads into my next comment or my next uh, question. Are you are you going to see this movie? Definitely. Oh yeah, for I'm sure. definitely going to see this. <laughs> although the although uh, one thing I read, I was reading a review on uh, Slate.com, which uh, people go check it out. Slate's a pretty good good site, and uh, they tend to have uh, their reviews tend to be a bit, I don't know, a bit lofty, a bit self righteous. Yes. But uh, this one I thought was kind of it's that It's that chick, Dana Stevens, or that, I think that's even her pen name. But yeah, she's a little bit full of herself. Well, she, she does make a point here. You walk into zoo bracing yourself for extreme imagery. Hoping. You, and if, yeah. <laughs> Hoping for. Well, if you recall, and I'm sure a lot of our fans will, do you remember when some guy sent us a link to the Mr. Hands video where you could actually see the guy being fucked by the horse? Yeah, and I... I watched it once and I could not watch it again. It, I think that was probably the sickest thing I've ever seen on the internet. I could, I had to turn away, and it's rare whenever that's ever happened. No, and people would me. come over to the uh, old studio and then they would say, "Oh, we want to see the horse video," and you'd you'd have to be like, okay, "I'm gonna, I I'm warn gonna you. bring it up and click it on," and then you'd have to leave the room while they watched it because it's just impossible to watch more than. And then once. you hear that resounding ah, yeah. but yeah, it, it's a rather disgusting uh, image, but they don't show it. In the, in the documentary. No, of course not. Which I didn't think they would. But I guess there is footage of human, human equine sex, which is only obliquely glimpsed at one moment later in the film. So I don't want to bum anyone out. But uh, but what one thing that's going to make me want to see this movie is that she actually interviews a collective, or the, uh, the, docu- the, the documentarian interviews a collective of zoophilic men, including Pinion. Who's the guy? But before he was de- dead? Yeah, and they was there. He was found. Um, they found one another online in early 2000s. Began meeting at a farm in rural Washington, and so she interviews uh, several members of this group. No, I think this is after before Pena's the death. incident. No, this is this is after the incident. Hmm. But uh, no, they. Uh, I guess they, they maybe they have some footage of him or something. I don't know. But they interview one guy named Coyote, and uh, <laughs> wait, and, he is a coyote. <laughs> No, he's a member he of the group. He fucks coyotes. That's a pseudonym. Oh. It's coyote. Right. <laughs> you actually don't know um, who it is. But um, a coyote seems like it'd uh, be a pretty dangerous animal to have sex with. It being like feral and all, you know, it might try to bite your balls off. Yeah, it's kind of a vicious animal. That's probably why they go for the uh, 
domesticated ones. Don't yeah. You think? Well, I mean, I guess they are into extreme animal sex. Yeah, but I brought that up before. Like most people that are into like zoophilia don't tend to go for like the lions, like the real. I imagine if they're like extreme zoophilia, a then venomous they go for, cobra. Like, the elephants. <laughs> <laughs> Get a blowjob from the venomous cobra? No, that doesn't happen. So I, I guess um, it's a semi-documentary because they do have actors. So other members of the zoophile group, including Pinion himself, who was known to his fellow zoos by his pseudonym, Mr. Hands. So the guy that had sex with the horse, who was fucked by the horse, his his name was Mr. Hands. Oh, I thought the horse's name was Mr. Yes, Hands. So, but, so but what's a semi-documentary? I think a semi-documentary is when they actually they use actors. Oh, so I'm not going to have a semi-hard-on throughout the thing? That's not what that's about? You'll probably have a full raging boner. Oh, that's a full doc- <laughs> it's a full documentary then. But I guess it's uh, surprisingly the actors are non-cheesy in their reenactments. But um, I don't know, man. Like, if you were one of these people, would you – if you were in this documentary, would you show your face? Like, no. Would you want to be interviewed and show your face? You mean if I was one of these guys? Yeah. No. No. I mean, how could you? You'd be fired immediately the next day. I, I have no idea. I, I have no idea. It, it it makes no sense to me. I mean, you you work in an office. Would you not be fired the next day if your boss saw Did, you if this, if this... admitting to, to having sex with horses in a, in a big budget on film movie? If this was widespread on the internet and my boss saw it, which I'm sure he probably would, I think I would be fired that day. Yeah. Well, maybe not. I Most don't know. Most people would. I don't I, know. I think this is Maybe a... the VP. I think my, this... my boss might find it. Okay, you're going to have to sit over across... The hall now. <laughs> I think this is the sport of kings. <laughs> because you have to be independently wealthy to be into this. I think at the first place. First of all, you have to have livestock. And you just have to have a lot of leisure time. And you can't have a lot of people judging you on a daily basis. I think it'd make a hell of a reality show. Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie. Simple life. <laughs> well, I was actually going to go back and retract one of my previous statements. I said I was going to see this movie. I think I'm going to wait for the uh, the Broadway musical. <laughs> the Broadway musical. <laughs> So um, one more thing I want to say about it here. In one of the interviews, this is actually in the documentary, she's talking to one of the zoo files, and he's trying to explain the appeal of mammal-to-mammal communication. Quote-unquote, it's not going to ask you about the latest Madonna album. It has its own world, a very simple, plain world. I mean, could you say the same thing about retarded people? Or children? <laughs> yeah, you probably could. No, these guys are kind of like Nambla in a way. I think so. They're trying to they're trying to gain acceptance for their their filthy, disgusting kind. Dude, I think these guys are just hideously ugly. They can't even find, you know, an old gay troll that that will have sex with them. So they have to have sex with animals. Do you think there's ugly? I mean, ho- dude, this is a hideous perversion. <laughs> Do you think there's like sexy horses and ugly horses? Like, I'm not going to fuck that horse. It's, it, it's horrible. But do you think they're just kind of like, ugh, look at that mare thinking she's so hot? I mean, I think they go for the stallions. Well, this guy did, Mr. Hands. <laughs> yeah, I think... Is Mr. Hands gay, or he just liked to be fucked by horses? Does that make him gay? Is he a gay, bestiality person? I think we're going to have to consult my brother about this. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, a I resident gotta, expert. I kind of wish we could call him. I, You know, I, I don't know. So let me read a couple reviews, and we're going to be done with this here. So uh, Ray Green from Box Office Magazine says, Zoo is a documentary doomed to remain forever biased and incomplete. Until somebody figures out how to interview a horse. They already have. It's called Mr. Ed Show. Nobody's seen this but me. Does nobody watch Nick at Night? Dude, we should almost do that. Make a little sick and wrong uh, video of Mr. Ed being raped. Or maybe Mr. Ed raping a guy. Dude, you're blowing our creative process here. 
Oh, no. You're unveiling it. Oh, no. People are going to know this. So uh, Scott Foundas here from Variety Magazine says, The film's dramatic reenactment, shot in lush, 16mm by cinematographer Sean Kirby, create a fascinating blurring of the line between narrative and documentary storytelling, reminiscent of the work of Werner Herzog and Errol Morris. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not a big fan of Werner Herzog, but that's just me. I can understand that the movie is filmed with visual beauty. And that, that's one thing. But at the same time, you got to admit, this is eerie and deviant. Yeah. So you I'm, can't say it's this beautiful, poetic undertaking of a secret world. Well, I'm definitely going to see it. into a secret world. No, I'm going to have to check it out. And after sure. I do, I'll come back and report. And uh, one, one thing, too, it's like, you know what? We no longer have... The Mr. Hands video. I think we linked to it for about two weeks, didn't we? On Something the like that, yeah. But I couldn't watch it, so I had to stay away from our own website for that, that two-week period. Well, if you have it again, send it to us. We'll put it back up. Yeah. yeah. Did we mention the, the movie's called Zoo? Did, did anybody mention that? Did they yeah. mention that in the in the preview? I think we mentioned it. Okay. Zoo, and it uh, it received 6.3 out of 10 on RottenTomatoes.com, so oh. it must be decent. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think, I think it's coming think out in the next few months. I think so. it's qualified as a fresh tomato. <laughs> You're going to have to check it out. All right, so um, before we get on here with the uh, articles, and I found a pretty good one this week, I want to wrap up episode 67. So the listener took it. Again? Yeah, the listener took it. Hmm. Listener came in with about 82 votes. He sent in a story about a schoolyard slide saboteur. Do you remember this guy put acid on slides? Yeah, and I was like, the kid's ass off. I, I was drunk when I was posting the podcast to the website, and I think I screwed up like whether that was your story or the listeners, but that was really the listeners. Yeah, so the listener did take it. He, okay. he got about 82 votes. I fixed I, it halfway through the week, but. I did a story about a junior jihadist, kid that was like 12 years old, chopping someone's head off. Right. And I came in with about 64 votes. So it was kind of close. And uh, Wackerly did a story about an Amish wacko, and he had about 36 votes. Apparently, mm. people didn't like the Amish wacko. Yeah, and actually, folks, I got a uh, an update on that, and he did not murder his daughter. He, he did bring her back to authorities. But I just love the guys, the pictures of this guy. He looks kind of like... Remember the Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt? Oh, yeah. Put an Amish beard on the Crypt Keeper. That's kind of what this guy looks like. Ooh, it's pretty hot. He's he's very handsome, Amish, gross, disgusting, desiccated man. <laughs> well, people, you know the way sick and wrong works. Wackley and I comb the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week. We present them here on the show. The audience votes, and the winner gets a case of beer. We throw in a wild card there with a listener submission, of which we received about... Ten submissions for the same article. So Yeah, this week it was uh, easy to pick. I guess. It, yeah, it was easy to pick. I mean, I think one guy sent in a different article, but we received like ten. Ten people sending the same article. So I just took the first person to send me the article. I'm sure you can guess what it is. It's only fair. Yeah, and uh, we're, we're going to have to do that. But um, I believe you started last week, so I guess I'll kick off the show here for uh, episode 68. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. A horse is a horse, of course, of course, and no one can talk to a horse, of course. That is, of course, unless the horse is the famous Mr. Red. Go right to the source and ask the horse. He'll give you the answer that you endorse. He's always on a steady course. Talk to Mr. Red. People yakety-yak the street and waste your time a day. But Mr. Ed will never speak unless he has something to say. A horse is a horse, of course, of course, and this one will talk to his voice, his horse. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. 
18 years for New York City Subway Saw Slasher. That sounds like a, it's a pretty good uh, alliteration there in the title. Is that from the New York Post? Yeah, and New York Times. Oh, really? So, um, yeah, this happened in New York. Uh, what was it? it was, uh, about, a, oh, about six months ago. I remember reading about it, but there wasn't enough detail to do this story here on the show. So. Sometimes I like to wait till the entire trial is done because then you get all the facts that are going to come out. Yeah, that, until the guy writes a book from prison. You well, know. the story matures over time, and you right. get to you get all the details, and, that, and that's kind of what I did. Is I waited, let it sit there, and now I'm benefiting from all the details. So this happened in New York in uh, July 2006, uh, but just uh, what recently happened is this guy was sentenced. On Wednesday. So a man who cut into another's chest with a power saw in a subway station while other people fled for their lives won the victim's forgiveness this past Wednesday. But the victim lived? The victim lived. Just before being sentenced to 18 years in prison. Now, wait a minute. What type of a power saw are are we talking about? A chainsaw, a circular saw, a sawzall? Patience, my (laughs) co-host. Sorry. (laughs) I'll get to the details in a second. I think it was a power saw. So this guy's name is uh, Terratin Williams, 34 years old, was sentenced on his guilty plea to second-degree assault for an attack on Michael Steinberg last summer. Uh, Terratin has to serve about 15 and a half years before he is eligible for parole. Mm-hmm. That'll give him a lot of time to think about his crime. <laughs> well, Michael Steinberg, the victim, 65 years old, he told court he forgave his assailant, although he nearly killed him because it was the right thing to do. So even though Territon Williams almost saw this guy in half, he still forgave him. That's a very that's a very Christian uh, attitude to take. But this guy's obviously a Jew. So what's up with that? I are the Jews about it's forgiveness a Judeo-Christian, like <laughs> oh, a preposterous Jew, belief here. The Jews are about that forgiveness stuff too. Oh yeah, but I mean, why would would you ever forgive someone who almost saw you in half? No forgiveness. No, dude, I would be like rot in prison, you bastard. Well, I mean, I bet you, though, his attitude would have been different if he sawed his member off. Yeah. N- yeah. But I guess the guy was a I wouldn't forgive him either way, but this guy probably would have a different uh, attitude towards it. So the attack occurred July 7, 2006, shortly after 2 a.m., when Steinberg was on his way to work as a postal clerk. Williams, apparently, was down in the uh, on the subway platform. He grabbed a power saw from a cart being used by workers in uh, Manhattan's 110th Street and Broadway Station. Williams then carved through three of Steinberg's ribs, punctured his lungs, and stopped cutting about three inches from his heart without even saying a word. Was he a big fat guy, or why did it take so long to get to how deep is his heart inside his chest cavity? I don't know. I mean, I wonder if it's like takes a while to saw through ribs. Maybe. It must, mean, have been, it must have been like a tile. It's not a chainsaw because those guys aren't down in the subway station like cutting down lumber. You know, that's, It must have been like a tile saw or some type of a, a conduit bender saw. Well, they saw must have been sawing like, through concrete or something. Isn't that what they yeah, do? Yeah, well, like a tile saw or you know, I'm con- surprised concrete that, saw. I'm, I'm surprised that they would just keep these saws unattended on cars. And, and you know, a civilian can just kind of walk up and grab it. Yeah, those union uh, subway workers in New York, they just have such uh, stringent safety policies that I'm sure they follow to the <laughs> Well, what's funny to me is, like, this guy, Territon Williams here, must have been just some crazy homeless guy. Just running around, just found this, and it was just, like, pure New York subway massacre. Yeah. And this guy, this Steinberg, 65 years old, too old to get out of the way. Everyone's screaming for their lives, and he's just, like, sawing right through him. I guess, uh, apparently, Williams then 
took Steinberg's money and credit cards and left him bleeding on the ground to die. Couldn't he just said, look, I'm going to take your wallet and credit cards. Give me your wallet and credit cards, or I'm going to saw into you. He didn't well, even give him a choice. What I don't understand is the guy's 65 years old. Territon Williams is 34. Why didn't he just knock him on the ground yeah, well, and take his wallet he and credit cards? Ha- he obviously has a flair for the dramatic. <laughs> apparently, uh, yeah. Apparently, he uh, definitely likes his drama here. Steinberg said city transit employees watched and never tried to help him. He said that they had allowed Williams to grab their equipment and that they should be on trial as accomplices to what he did. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Dude, okay, these guys are getting... I guess they they work for the union, so they're uh, not yeah, the most active railway. people in the world. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, they're kind of sitting there, and it's like... Eating donuts but, on but break. Think about it. You're drinking your coffee, eating your donuts, and you see some guy, you know, grab a power saw and start sawing dudes. Are you going to tackle the dude, or are you going to, like, call the cops? Or just do nothing. <laughs> I guess you're in New York and you'd be like, ah, that guy's fucked. But what about, I mean, New York subways are crowded places. What about all the other people? It was what at all 2 a.m., though. Oh. So it was at 2 in the morning. <laughs> so everybody else on the train is drunk. But it's like, what do you? What does he expect them to do? Stop, chainsaw maniac. Stop. Um, you know? Well, you know, if I was this uh, Steinberg guy, Saul Steinberg, what's would his you, name? Would you, Jaime Michael, Steinberg? <laughs> <laughs> Hyman Steinberg. It's Michael Steinberg. I would have said, uh, you know, you could have... Uh, pulled the plug out of the wall for me there you know <laughs> guys thanks a lot yeah no that, that would have been an easy thing to do you could even do it with your foot you know you wouldn't even have to take the, take the donut out of your mouth or the coffee out of your hand so a transit spokesman uh, reported shortly after the attack that a token booth clerk had immediately called police and the other workers whose uh, saw was stolen were employed by a private contractor yeah, well. So they're probably just kind of like, whatever. So Steinberg, in uh, closing statements at the trial, said, I forgive Mr. Williams. I want him to be aware of that. He must have major problems in his life. You think? It sounds like it. I mean, anyone who's willing to, uh, I don't know, grab a power saw and start sawing people randomly on a subway platform probably aren't the most well-balanced individuals. So so your, your concept is this was a homeless guy? I'm thinking it's a homeless Can guy. Can I go off on a tangent here? Okay. I, how one of my big pet peeves living in a town that has public transit is people that panhandle on the subway platform or you know in the train station. And my concept is always you had to pay to get up here. <laughs> you know what? If you would have saved that two dollars to get into the train station, I wouldn't have to give you a quarter. Yeah, but you know what they did? They probably spend the whole day there, and you're trapped. I mean, you're you're confined on that platform, so it's like you're going to be annoyed with the guy. Oh, I still don't give him money. You know, the <laughs> I'm only, just annoyed that I even have to reject them. The only t- you know what probably happened? I bet you this Territon Williams there was probably playing some atrocious song on a violin with like two strings, and this guy uh, Michael Steinberg went over there and like, here's a quarter to shut the fuck up. Yeah. And then the dude he flipped out. Him. Yeah, he probably gave him That's some what sass. That's you get for sassing. Dude flipped out, grabbed a saw, and notice he just attacked him while everyone else fled. I always have that urge to sass homeless people, but then here's the thought in my back of my mind is you never should sass somebody that has nothing to lose. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's why, you know, when, like, uh, like dangerous-looking thugs giving me, are giving me the stink eye on the street, I don't give them the stink eye back, even though they deserve it, because they're giving you the stink eye because they know that they have nothing to lose. You have, 
you have your wallet to lose. You know, you getting arrested is a much bigger deal than them getting arrested to them. No, and it's a lot. I mean, a lot of times it's like you don't want to get into a fight with these people because they do have nothing to lose. They've yeah, been to prison several times. Basically, living in a big city is all about just sucking it up all the time. And I not, think it's and, just about and emasculating yourself. Yeah. I think it's just like. Having a blind eye. Yeah. Cultivating a blind eye. Right. Because when you live in a small town, you can sort of be a tough guy and be yeah. like, are you looking at me? Are you looking at me? <laughs> Can't do that in a big city because you'll get shot or have your chest sawn open. So Steinberg here says, I forgive Mr. Williams, but he quickly added, I don't forgive the transit authority, which I don't know, man. I, I, it I, makes I think perfect he has sense. sour grapes. I, I understand, too, but I really don't think the transit authority is responsible for this. Yeah, but th- that's not the issue. The issue is the homeless man has no money. You can sue him well, all you want. We're assuming this guy's homeless. Whatever. But he probably, <laughs> Even if he's not homeless, do you think he has more than $1,000 in his checking account? He probably has nothing to lose, and that's why he's sawing people in half. But the city of New York, deep pockets. <laughs> so, uh, Williams, that's what this is all about. Williams, when given a chance to speak, says, I want to apologize to Mr. Steinberg and his family for what happened i feel real bad for what happened to his family but i guess i'll pay for it <laughs> pay for what oh the 15 oh. years oh yeah, yeah. he's not paying years. for the heart surgery no. or, anything. No. <laughs> or to stitch the guy's chest up so all in all on the sick and wrong scale you know this man was almost bifurcated yeah i mean <laughs> nice, he, nice term there yeah he was almost sawed in half and uh, almost died but i mean the guy was Literally, like, brutally attacked on a subway platform in front of a bunch of other people and uh, with a saw. I wonder who scrubbed the subway train or if the next day it was just covered in Could just Could you imagine gore. being a commuter? Would you be like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I don't well, know. like you said, two in the morning, everybody's Second drunk. scale, I'm going to have to give this a nine. I'm going to give it a 9.3. 9.3. All right. Well, let's see we what go. you have for uh, episode I finally found a story, and I knew it would happen sooner or later, that uh, is breaking my taboo on, I guess it's child abuse, stories involving children. Well, no, we had a moratorium on child abuse stories, but that was like, what, several weeks ago. So I think it's probably oh, been even, lifted. Even months, Maybe I think. Maybe a month or so. Well, so I think one, it's been lifted. This one has enough uh, unique aspects that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lift the moratorium, at least for today. Uh this happened in New Jersey. A lot of uh, East Coast stories here. Uh, northeastern seaboard, you could call it. Uh, a father who raped his teenage daughter over several years. Uh, it's always the fathers raping their daughter. Right. Was sentenced Wednesday to 35 years in prison. According to prosecutors, the father threatened to kill the daughter and her mother if she did not throw the two babies that he'd fathered with his daughter... We might need to draw a uh, family tree up on the site. It's probably just a circle. Yeah, but it's just a circular tree. But uh, so he uh, threatened to kill the daughter and the mother and the daughter's mother, his wife, I assume, if she did not throw these two babies down the apartment air shaft, which we talked about. Yeah, the which... sick and wrong studio in the Tenderloin has a corpse shaft. Yeah, I do have a corpse shaft right off, right in my bathroom. And I'm a little disappointed that they continue in this article to call it the air shaft, when obviously, as proven by the article... It's a baby corpse shaft. This is not an air shaft, yeah. it's a corpse shaft. Uh, so they threw two babies down this corpse shaft. In a written statement, uh, crafted with the help of a cellmate, this man acknowledged his atrocious crimes. Now that, like, piqued my interest. What is that? I mean... 
I did it. Yes, I admit I did it. How hard is that to write? Why would so, he? Wait, why would he need to be assisted by a, a statement by a cellmate? Assisted with by his cellmate. So his cellmate helped him write this statement. Yeah, well, I would have loved to have copy edited that. Apparently, um, psychological reports indicate that this father has extremely low intellectual aptitude. No Go offense, figure. No offense to you, D. <laughs> Go figure. I would never have thought that. Um. In an additional quirk to the story, authorities have described the daughter as borderline mentally retarded. <laughs> okay, so wait. You're talking about retard on retard rape? Retarded dad on his retarded daughter rape. I can I can only imagine that the spawn of this relationship, <laughs> the two babies that were thrown down the it's baby. It's going to be Stephen Hawking. The baby corp shaft. <laughs> Dude, well, maybe, yeah. He's fucked up somehow. Dude, I don't understand I, I think with two retards mate like that. You're going to have to produce a genius. A genius with a fucked up body. Yeah. Right. Exactly. All Stephen right. Hawking. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like that book. Uh, what's it called? Geek Love. Oh, yeah. That's a, I think our listeners would enjoy that book, but this isn't, this isn't fucking book chat, so I'm no. going to move on from that. Um, the man started a sexual relationship with his retarded daughter. Sorry. The retarded man started a relationship <laughs> with his retarded daughter in 2000 when she moved to the United States from El Salvador at age okay, 13. Okay, so they're immigrants. Yes, but she he'd been living in the States for a long time. She moved there at age age 13. She'd never known him before she met him at age 13, which I think explains some of the... Yeah, lack of taboo that she felt so, about the sexual but is relationship. Is this his biological daughter? Yes, so it is. He had fathered her, didn't see her for 13 years. She moved to the states, and then he's like, "Oh, baby." Well, here's the third and I'm final. Hit it and quit here's it. the third and final quirk to the story. The relationship was discovered after police found a newborn boy uh, in September 2005 at the bottom of the corp shaft in their three-story apartment building. Uh, neighbors alerted police when they heard a baby crying. In the corp shaft. Yeah, one of the children lived and is living. So we will find out whether it's Stephen Hawking or, you know, the second coming of Stephen Hawking. Dude, could you imagine being that baby? The boy suffered a fractured skull but survived after landing, landing on a pile of trash and old cigarette packages. <laughs> So Which don't is, let anybody ever tell you not to throw garbage down that corp shaft. It's on your bathroom there. You might save a baby. Yeah, but uh, when they found this living baby with a with a smashed up skull, they also found a mummified baby girl. That, uh, they I don't know if they did carbon dating or what, but they determined that she was born in 2003. That was not the third quirk I was looking for. The third quirk is that uh, I did a horrible job highlighting this article. But um, is that he – the man uh, uh, contends that he did not desire to have sex with this girl, but the girl just keep kept pressuring him, this 13-year-old girl, and pressuring him and pressuring him to have sex. Wait. Now, is this what his cellmate told him to say? No, no. This is what he says. He says, I would not have had sex with her if she had not seduced me. Um, the daughter – who was raped and had these children is being uh, has pled guilty to reckless manslaughter and aggravated assault. This is the third quirk. Why would the victim be uh, accused? Well, because she admits that she seduced this guy and just wouldn't let up. And she says that she doesn't. She's retarded also. So who, right. I this mean, is I the most retarded love triangle I have ever heard. Right. Um, but uh, she she admits that she. She does not think that he would have ever had sex with her and fathered these children if she wouldn't have kept the pressure on him. The so, retarded love pressure. <laughs> so the retard was putting pressure. There's two retards. On the, the old retard. retard. The young retard. 
I, you know, I'm I'm just stunned by this article on a on a number of platforms. Well, you can understand why I lifted the moratorium because they, they're yeah. the corpse shaft. They're both retarded, and uh, the fact that the uh, you can't uh, even call it rape. I guess it's it's incest. It's incest, but I mean, apparently, according to the guy, or according to the facts according here, it's consensual. Daughter, according to the daughter, the she she pressured him into into fathering these children. Now, what if she was a horse? Well, first of all, <laughs> I don't think that living babies can come out of a horse or a man and a horse coupling or a horse and a woman coupling. Either one, I don't think. I've seen that your works. ex-girlfriend, Wackerly. Well, that's true. <laughs> we didn't have any children, to my knowledge. All right. <laughs> she she might have thrown them down the uh, corpse shaft in our old apartment so without now, my knowledge, though. So now they're both, both people in this story here are going to prison? The, uh, the daughter is uh, to be sentenced on May 10th, so we're going to have to wait and maybe do a little follow-up on that. Yeah, we'll have to find out. There, there's definitely going to have to be a, a follow-up story on this one. I'm going to give this uh, a 9.5, just for the sheer number of oddities involved. You know, on the second, this kind of rates, for me, this kind of rates off the charts on the sick and wrong scale for a variety of reasons. This story is so sick and wrong that it's kind of hard to pinpoint why That's true. it is sick and wrong. Yeah. It's sick and wrong because babies are being discarded on corpse shafts. It's sick and wrong but that's that what corpse shafts retards were I mean, having on, sex with other retards. <laughs> it's sick and wrong because a father was raping his 13-year-old daughter. It's sick and wrong because a 13-year-old daughter was seducing her retarded father. Yeah. Um, it's a smorgasbord. I'm giving it a 9.8 because wow. it's just a very sick and wrong oh, well, story thank, altogether. Thank you very much, sir. Well, we're going to have to see what the audience has to say about that one. But I think that definitely has to be one of the most convoluted sick and wrong stories I've heard in a long time. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Well, uh, the listener submission actually is quite a formidable one. And as I mentioned before, it's a popular one because we had about 10 people. Ten different listeners submit this story, and uh, to be fair, to be equitable, I chose the first person to submit the story. The listening community, the sick and wrong listening community is fully behind the story, it yeah. sounds like. All so right. uh, this story came in here from uh, Coach Bennett, which I kind of like because it's always nice that we have people who influence children listening to this show. Also, remember that show, Coach? Oh, yeah. <laughs> With uh, What was that guy's name? name? I forgot his name, but I remember the show. <laughs> I like to imagine that this coach is that guy. I kind of I was picturing the coach from Cheers. Remember that old guy that used to be on Cheers? Yeah, but he's, he was dead. A bartender? he's dead now. I can't suspend my disbelief. Yeah, but I kind of picture like some old guy that just kind of likes listening to the show. And yeah. Everyone calls him Coach. Yeah, that makes coach me feel Bennett. good, too. So uh, Coach Bennett sent us in this story first. He's the first person to send it in here. This happened in the U.K., in uh, London, actually, a man cuts off penis in restaurant. Really? So this happens from time to time. I know you've done a story on Sick and Wrong about a guy cutting off his own genitalia. I seem to remember that a while Yeah, back. I think a lot of uh, insane people tend to sever their genitalia when they're upset. Yeah. Well, it gives me nothing but problems. I don't know about yours. <laughs> <laughs> so a man cut off his penis with a knife in a packed London restaurant. I can't think of a better place to cut off your uh, genitalia. Police were forced to use CS gas to restrain the man when they entered the ZZ restaurant in the Strand on Sunday evening. A Metropolitan Police spokeswoman said the man was aged between 30 and 40 and that his injuries were self-inflicted. The man was then taken to a hospital in South London where his condition is stable, but it is understood that surgeons are unable to reattach his penis. Mm. And if so you think, he's not going to have the bobbit penis, the little 
but if you think about it, though, sort of angled thing. But you know what, though, dude? I don't think they ethically should reattach this guy's penis. Do you think so? Well, I mean, he did make a conscious decision to cut it off. That's what I'm saying. This and, guy uh, castrated himself on his own volition. He ran to this restaurant, cut his own penis off. He doesn't deserve to have one. Well, I don't think the taxpayer should pay for it. I mean, if he has his own medical insurance or, you know, he's going to pay for it out of pocket, then I agree with sewing it back I'm on. I'm saying he doesn't deserve to have a penis. He <laughs> cut a, it off. He should have to live with it. He's abused his penis. He should have to live with um, Kendall genitalia. I abuse my penis, but I still want it around. <laughs> yeah, of course you want it. I mean, I mean the, the thing is, is like, okay, this guy pretty much said to the world, I don't want to have my penis anymore. I'm going to cut it off in a packed London restaurant. What do you, I'm, is that is that the mitigating circumstance? If he did it at home, just in the, in the privacy of his own what home? What I'm do you saying think is, let's say he was wielding a chainsaw in a subway platform, just cutting people randomly and accidentally slice his own dick off. Then he should have his penis reattached because it was an accident. But this guy did it on his own accord. All right. I think I understand your position. So what ended up happening, this guy ran into a restaurant and uh, tried to get in the kitchen. He picked up a kitchen knife and slashed himself across the wrist and groin. A spokeswoman for uh, ZZ, the restaurant, said the man was not thought to have any connection with the restaurant, so I guess he wasn't a waiter. <laughs> she said around 9 p.m. on a Sunday, a man walked in the restaurant, downstairs to the basement restaurant area, and then tried down in the kitchen. Members of the staff stopped him, and then he ran into a second kitchen area. He then picked up a kitchen knife, slashed himself across the wrist and groin areas before running back into the restaurant where he continued to stab himself. So he was putting on a hell of a show for diners. This happened in a matter of seconds. It was obviously extremely frightening and distressing for the many customers and staff in the restaurant at the time. Uh, the uh, spokeswoman here said, apart from the man, we understand that no one else suffered any physical injuries. So what I don't understand Hopefully he is, didn't have any STDs just spraying his... STD-laden blood all over everybody's food and in their open mouths. Well, what I understand is, so the guy lopped off his penis. Where did it go? Did it just fall on the ground and everyone's just kind of like... It probably I mean, landed in some chorizo dish. <laughs> but let's say you were dining in the restaurant and you had a wonderful meal, something you're really into. You've been waiting for like two months to eat at this place because, you know, it's an exclusive London eatery and it takes like two months to get a reservation. You finally get one. You get there, you get your meal... Guy runs in and chops his dick off. Would you continue eating? Hmm. Or would you be like, I gotta help him reattach his penis? Well, that's that's a false that's a false choice. I mean, one or the other. No, I mean, what, there's the just stop eating. There's the leave the restaurant immediately. I I think I would have to stop eating at that point. I think I'd continue eating. Although I on am principle. Although I am interested. What's the name of this restaurant? ZZ. Is this a restaurant where they just play ZZ Top and all the wait staff has big long beards? I think so. Because that is the type they, of place that I would wait two months to get into. And I think <laughs> if that is the type of restaurant that we're talking about, I think I'm into that. I, I would stay and eat. I would stay and enjoy my meal. You know, I'm impressed with this guy because I've always said that if I was ever going to commit suicide, I wouldn't just like sit there and you know suck on a tube, you know, from my exhaust pipe of my car. I wouldn't just slice my wrist in the bathtub. I want to go out with a bang. I want to yeah. have some, you know, I have a flair for the dramatic, you know, as people know here. And so this guy, he's just like, all right, I'm going to kill myself, and I want a lot of people to be affected by this. He ran into a crowded restaurant, ZZ Top theme restaurant, and uh, sliced his own penis off. 
how much more dramatic can you get than that? That's pretty dramatic. So I guess I don't understand. I mean, I've heard that slicing your leg, the artery on the interior of your leg, for any listeners out there who are looking Sprays for a lot of blood, yeah. Well, that's one of the main arteries in your body. It's a good way to kill yourself. Did he accidentally cut his penis off as he was trying to slice his leg, the artery in his leg? I think he was just indiscriminately chopping at himself. Just, and he, <laughs> everything mean, was fair game. He was just like, I'm going to kill myself. But you know what, though? He didn't state any like manifesto. He didn't bring anything with him. So even if he did die, no one would really know why. Well, he could. that could have been back at his apartment. So on the sick and wrong scale, I mean, the man chopped off his own penis in the middle of a crowded restaurant. Got to give it a nine at least for that. Plus the fact that they didn't find the penis makes it a little sick. No, they to me. did. They tried to reattach it. Oh, but they, they did. Yeah, they couldn't attach it. But they didn't it. say where they found it. No, they didn't say where. They didn't mm. say if it was in someone's burrito or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, yeah, I don't know. Just sticking out of the end. <laughs> waiter, waiter, I, there's something wrong with my meal. I'm going to give this at least a 9.1. I'm going to give it a 9.6. A 9.6? Yeah, I believe it's a 9.6 for me. Well, all right. Well, you know what? We're going to have to have the uh, audience decide on this one. Please go vote for your favorite article, the most sick and wrong story for episode 68, sickandwrongpodcast.com. But I think we're setting ourselves up for a fall here because so many listeners sent this in. They're obviously all going to vote for it unless they thought that our stories were so great. I don't know. We'll have to see. Okay. All right. I, I think we have a very egalitarian audience. I think that I think they will weigh all the articles equally before they decide. I would hope so. I know. Well, we're not dealing with a bunch of Republicans listening to this show. <laughs> I mean, these aren't all pro-lifers. <laughs> so um, I don't think any of our listeners are pro-life. I think one. Is. I think they're all. An- <laughs> I think they're all anti-life. I think Rush Limbaugh is. I know he's a big fan. Is now on sickradio.com. Quackily, we're getting towards the uh, end of the show here, and as usual, we tend to get a uh, get to listener email towards the end, and we received a few emails that I thought I'd mention. Uh, one in particular came from a diehard guy named Brandon, who actually made a sick and wrong podcast fan website. Really? It, yeah, go to it. It's www.sickandwrongpodcastfans.com. And it's a tribute to uh, us and the show. Well, I hope that so, takes off. I think it's a work in progress, but I'd like to say thank you, Brandon. I give the guy mad props for being a diehard Sick and Wrong fan. I think that's the die hardest fan we Did have, you check maybe. out the site? A little bit. It's uh, it's, It looks like it's in its preliminary stages of being built I like up, it. but I, I ex- only expect it to get better and better, and I'm uh, looking forward to visiting it uh, many times in the future. We'll have to throw a link up on the uh, site. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we also got an email here from Steph, who um, revisited an issue that we discussed in a, in a uh, previous podcast. So Steph writes in, Hi, I've recently started listening to your podcast. And backtracking a bit, in Podcast 47, Lance mentions a story about a Navy or Army guy saying about something where you can blow on an asshole and you won't be able to shit. 
Should I elaborate on that story a little bit? Well, I'm wondering. What do you remember talking about this? This is a few episodes yeah, ago. Yeah, it's a guy. A guy I used to work with, and as she says, he was in some part of the military. But I, I know he was stationed in the Philippines. And as you know, there's some crazy bars in the Philippines that especially cater to military types, probably. And uh, they would go to this bar, and one of the crazy sexual escapades that went on in this bar is there'd be a Filipino hooker who would, uh, you would pay her, you would basically bet against her. You would say, okay, we'll bet 20 bucks that I'm gonna, you're going to lay down on the bar, face up, and I'm going to get up on the bar, drop my pants, and try and shit on your face. And if I can shit on your face, you owe me 20 bucks. If I can't, then I owe you 20 bucks. And what you would do is blow on your asshole. And apparently when you blow on somebody's asshole, you know, your sphincter tightens Dude, up. Would this bar kind of be, I don't know, rather dirty? I mean, wouldn't it be not the most sanitary? Yeah, we're talking about the Philippines. Did you miss that? <laughs> yeah, but what do, I mean, what do they have like a... Uh... Coprophilia bars in the Philippines? There's probably a sheet Is it of, a big scat fest country? There's I, probably I, a sheet of plastic laid down. A tarp? Yeah. Well, um, Steph says that, uh, it, and this is, she kind of corroborates your story because I kind of find it far-fetched. Like, I really do have a difficult time suspending my disbelief and it's believing a, that. See, I'm, I've been corroborated. So yeah, no, Steph here says that I've read a story just like that, but a little funnier. She said where a guy went to Holland, which I don't doubt that there are bars like this in Amsterdam. She said she went to, he went to Holland on a stag, and I'm not quite sure what that is. It must be a bachelor party. Stag party, yeah. A stag party. And in a bar, they had this very same game. Where you could win the equivalent to 100 pounds. So I guess if you're able to shit on this girl's face, you'd win 100 pounds. Right. Or else I, I assume that you have to pay some amount of money if you can't. So some guy was on stage trying and couldn't do it. So this bloke who was with his mates said, I reckon I can do it. He got on stage, pulled down his boxers, and after having dodgy food, lots of alcohol, and a lot of drugs shit all over her face and in her open mouth that was about to blow on his ass. See, that's the key. <laughs> that's the strategy. Is you just you just let it rip before she even has a chance to pucker up her lips and blow anywhere. So dude, this guy, the turtle must have been poking its head out the shell. I mean this yeah. guy must have been already ready to go. That's the strategy. Like he had you, a load about to drop. Like I think it's best if maybe you get some in your pants to begin with. You probably should have a spare pair of well, pants. I ready. think the best part about it is like they're like, all right on the count of three, one, and the guy just shits on her face and <laughs> in open mouth. That's the strategy right there. So uh, I guess the guy got thrown out in a lifetime ban from the bar. Oh, I'm sure he's very <laughs> disappointed. Oh, I can't go to the bar anymore where people are trying to shit on this hooker's face. <laughs> so disappointing. But like you wouldn't go to a bar like that. If you were in Amsterdam and there was a bar like that, oh, wouldn't would, you go? I would go. I'm just saying I wouldn't be disappointed if I was banned. Would you try to shit on her face? No, I have I, I have uh, stage fright when it comes to crapping. Yeah, I have issues. I like to do it privately. I don't know. Well, thanks, Steph, from England for sending in that story and for corroborating Wackerly's story because sometimes I doubt a lot of the things that he has to yeah, say. Yeah, what else have you doubted that I've said? Basically everything? I don't know. Uh, your statements about your sexuality? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you lost your virginity at age eight? The fact that I lost my virginity <laughs> at all. Stop. <laughs> Finally, we got another email here from uh, Carrie B, who sent us um, a scanned image of Toss My Salad number seven. 
This um, is a this is a pornographic film we're talking about here. Yeah, it's a pornographic film. She says, "Are you guys too worldly and desensitized to find this shit funny?" I used to work in a porn bookstore a couple of years ago. Blah blah. Insert a sarcastic comment about edginess and the hip young people demographic. Anyway. Here it is. Later, your listener, Carrie B. And so she sent this um, scanned image. It must be yeah, the cover of uh, uh, Toss Your Salad number seven. And my favorite thing about it is there's like this little chocolate scarfish. It's just like, just what you want to eat. Hello. Hello. Want to get high? Yeah, I like that too. <laughs> yeah, the, I like it too. I think too. we should post the little uh, the mascot on the website somewhere. I, th- I don't know, man. I mean, have you ever been into uh, tossing salad porn? It's kind of a new trend in porn the past, like, probably five years. Like, I, I can understand guys tossing girl salads, but there's a new trend in porn of girls tossing guys' salads. So guys, like, bent over, getting their asses licked. I'm thinking. I'm not going to say yes or no. It doesn't. How come? I'm not not into it. I'm not really into <laughs> Think it. Think I'm the chocolate starfish talking to you. I can. The come to- on, <laughs> All right, the talking starfish doesn't turn me on. I'm just saying, you know, I can take it or leave it. You know, I, I, I don't know. I can take it or leave it. But would you buy a toss my salad porn? It's just porn of girls tossing men's salads. For ironic purposes or for sexual gratification? Sexual gratification. No, it doesn't It doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, same with me. But uh, if a girl's going to be like, hey, you know, D. Simon, I really want to lick your asshole clean, I wouldn't say no. What if she said, and that's it, and then we're done? Well, then I'd be like, you know, that's a little unfair. I would say, yeah, thinking like, well, I'll seal the deal later. But what if she said it in a star- chocolate starfish voice? I'd be a little creeped out. <laughs> I think I'd leave at that point. Come on, let's have some fun. You're yeah, weird. I don't know. Well, thank you, Carrie, Steph, and uh, Die Hard for uh, sending in those emails. That about does it here for uh, episode 68 of Sick and Wrong. Make sure you stay tuned. For episode 69. And uh, people, we're going to have a special guest interview coming up. I don't know if it's going to be next week or the week after, but it's a special guest. I think it should be 70. For yeah, maybe we'll do it for uh, episode for 70. For episode 70, we're going to have a special guest interview of someone who uh, I respect deeply. And uh, yeah, should be a fascinating interview. So make sure you stay tuned. Until next week, take it sleazy. Good night. <laughs>